this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampat the eighth edition of the icc t20 world cup has kicked off in australia now india hasn't won this trophy since the inaugural edition in 2007 under dhoni's leadership and last year we got knocked out in the group stage itself but everyone is optimistic about india's chances this time after all india has the best t20 record of any cricketing nation this year with the most number of wins in a calendar year so realistically speaking what are india's chances who are the other favorites who are the most informed talents that are likely to make a big splash this year we preview the t20 world cup in this episode of the in focus podcast and we have with us amol karhatkar from the hindus sports bureau amol thank you so much for joining us again a pleasure to be with you sampath amol to start with i was just wondering uh, what you think of this format you know you have this uh, this sort of preliminary stage as it were where you have the associate members of course sri lanka and westies are also there so they play among themselves and then you have the super 12 uh, it's like a two stage or two separate tournaments which have been forcibly bunked together i mean why is it not a simpler format like you have the soccer world cup with a round robin followed by a quarter final semi final and final what is this format I, mean, i am trying to understand this logic can you talk a little bit about this yes uh, so technically this format if i am not mistaken was introduced in 2016 when india hosted the t20 world cup the same format was followed for 2021 and now 2022 the only logic is the uh, international cricket council the custodian of the game they want to create an impression that they are being inclusive see technically uh, the whole cricketing world feels cricket is a 10 or a 12 nation team but if soccer is a 200 plus nation team then cricket is also a 108 nation team sport that's that's the whole deal so if you want to be inclusive you have to give them a fair chance right now what they have done is there is a specific cut off period for a tournament top it rank nations make it directly to the super 12 round the other four from uh, 9 to 12 and four teams from the associate tournament play into the first round which is nothing but a qualification round as such but technically it's the first round of the tournament it is not actually a, a fan friendly format like you said and at the moment if things stand the same come 2024 for the next edition there will be a simpler format with 16 teams or possibly they are saying when it comes to the west indies and usa that edition onward the world cup will have 24 teams because they want to actually globalize the t20 format so that will hopefully be a simpler format but if uh, the icc and the whole cricket model is to work fan is the last uh, person who matters in their pyramid so uh, i won't be surprised if they come up with a more complex format but for the time being let's hope that just like you said 24 teams ideally you should divide them into uh, six groups of four <laughs> teams each that would be simpler yeah you said something about if football is a 200 nation sport cricket is a 108 nation like are 108 nations playing cricket really yes all of them and uh, but going strictly by rules India can play Timbuktu if Timbuktu is at 108. For T20 cricket, there is no bar on who can play whom. For one day and test matches, there is this 
league system that you have to uh, win division 5 first then division 4 first then division 3 then division 2 and then to be eligible to play full nations when it comes to one dayers test matches only 12 nations are allowed so for 108 teams if you are looking from their perspective these first round is the biggest carrot or is the biggest achievement for them if they win a game in that stage it's a huge bonus because not only do they get the assured funding, assured prize money for having played the Super 12 stage, but if they win one match in qualification or Super 12, that's additional funding, not just for the players in that particular country, more importantly, for the game to actually stay alive for the next few years. Right. You know what? This format reminds me of, uh, you know, you have these Grand Slams or these ATP tournaments, ATP Thousands, Masters. You have this Australian Open just starting on October 20th or whatever. From October 16th to 20th will be the qualifying rounds, you know. Anybody who wins in a qualifying round is getting a, getting an assured prize money. If you, if you lose in the first round, you get an assured prize money. So, it's sort of a little bit of that uh, reminds me of that. Yeah. Yes, very true, very true. And just like, see, it's like we are used to following football globally. So, we do follow World Cup qualification system. Even in cricket, these associate teams, the four teams who have qualified for the first round. Which are these four teams? Right now, Scotland, Namibia, Zimbabwe is also uh, technically an associate nation right now. Okay. And UAE. Okay, but Zimbabwe was a test playing nation, right? Yes. They got demoted. Yes, as in now they are again back into the fold, but nobody wants to play them. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So coming back to India here, why do you think India has been unable to win the tournament all these years? I mean, we won the first edition 2007. It's now 15 years almost. So what has been missing? Why have we not been able to repeat that? Because even West Indies has won it twice. We haven't. Uh, Sampath, uh, since I was in uh, South Africa for the first edition that India won, I, I often crack this as a joke, but there is some point to it. The, the fact of the matter is India won the T20 World Cup because no one from the Indian team or most of the teams, uh, when it came to the World Cup cricket was the last thing on their mind. It was a new format. Everyone was actually trying it out. India had played only one T20I before that tournament. So, it just worked out well for them. They thought of the future. A young team was developed as such. All the oldies who were considered to be sort of deadwood for that particular format considering the fitness levels of Indian team back then. You see, a Tendulkar, a Dravid and a Ganguly did not play that tournament. Technically, they informed the board but there is something beyond that. We can discuss it later. Come 2022... If you see, the same old guys who played in 2016 are playing in 2021 and 2022. That's one major factor. The other factor is T20, overall T20 ecosystem has been evolving. Every passing year, there is a new trend when it comes to performance matchups, player matchups and performance analytics. India is lagging behind in that regard also. For instance, right now the biggest problem with Indian cricket fraternity, be it team or fans, is who will bowl the 19th over. For the last couple of years, the T20 world has been discussing whether 18th over is the new 19th. We are still stuck in who will bowl the 19th. People are planning who will bowl 18th and 19th. So how can you expect the team to win? Right. I think I think you put your finger on the right uh, areas here. One is, of course, uh, the age and fitness levels. 
I think that was uh, the, the 2007 team. I mean, I, I remember watching it. I think that was one of the fittest teams we have ever sent uh, to, a, uh, to a tournament of this level and scale. Fittest and youngest. And of course, yes, analytics has uh, come into the game in a big way. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not... I don't follow it so closely, so I don't know how well we are doing it. But yes, about India's team composition, are you happy with the team composition? Is it a balanced team? I mean, do we have everything in place in terms of all-rounders uh, and options for bowling and so on? Or will Jaspreet Bumrah be badly missed? Extremely missed, I feel. Because, uh, see, three months ago, we were discussing that bowling is sorted so kind of. Especially pace bowling front with uh, Bumrah, Harshal Patel, possibly Bhuvneshwar or Deepak Chair. Okay. And add Hardik Pandya to it. And it looks like a solid pace bowling unit. And batting was a problem because the top three were shaky. Cut to uh, now, it's the other way around. Batting is looking solid as it was expected to be even in 2021. It didn't really work, but the approach has changed. Bowling has become the, the weakest possible scenario. Yes, Arshadeep Singh might be your surprise weapon when it comes to pace bowling. But uh, see, Bumrah is someone, no, you can ask him to bowl at least one over in each of the phases. Be it the power plays, be it the death, or be it even the middle overs when you need a wicket. Right now in this pace bowling lineup, I have a feeling that they'll sorely miss a genuine wicket taker at any stage of the game. Because right now you have only Chell who can be a wicket taker. Uh, Shami is a risky proposition when it comes to T20 cricket. We all know that with his natural length. So that way I am still not sure whether India have the wherewithal to go all the way th- this time around as well. What about the spinners? You have Chell uh, as a top spinner. He is your number one spinner, but he has a lot on his play- platter. He has to strike consistently in every game he played, the way Adam Zampa did for Australia in 2021. Otherwise, Akshar Patel is strictly a containing bowler. And uh, honestly, I don't see Ashwin being used too much in the 11 because uh, that's what happened even last time around. And uh, considering Ashwin's uh, fitness levels and overall composition of the squad, Akshar Patel will be preferred as the second spinner who can be a handy all-rounder too. But Ashwin is uh, Ashwin is a most successful uh, spinner, isn't it? Wouldn't it be? Uh, I mean, do you think it's the right strategy? Don't you think he'll make a difference, or is his fitness so bad that he can't? No, it's not bad, Sampath. But it's in the field you will have to hide him. That's the biggest problem. In T20, you can't hide a fielder, and in this team, you have three or four who needs to be hidden. So in in the large outfields in Australia, that is also uh, likely to work against India, and. Ashwin, like you said, he has been a proven performer. But just like what has happened to Shami after Bumrah's injury, Ashwin was actually nowhere in the picture immediately after the fiasco in the Gulf in 2021. Six months later, Ashwin comes back into the team and most of the times he has been in the reserves. In T20, you need reserves who can be extremely good fielders. So you can't really use, if you can't utilize Ashwin with his four overs, primarily, then you are not doing a justice to the player and to the whole team because someone of Ashwin's stature is sitting in the reserves day in and day out. It's not that he's sulking any longer, but uh, his utility is affected. That's that's the biggest problem. 
Right. And what about the conditions in Australia? I mean, you said something about Indian batting is looking better now because the approach has changed. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Like, how, how is the approach changed? And Australian conditions are going to be very different from what we saw in the Middle East or uh, in India, for that matter. So, they're going to be bouncier tracks and the, the bowling is going to look very different from the kind of bowling of Australia we've seen in India. So, how do you see the conditions? Is our team sort of prepared for the conditions? The good thing from India's perspective is they hopped over to Perth for a week-long camp before officially joining the World Cup entourage. Okay. So, yes, conditions are going to be different. The biggest challenge is, like you said, adjusting to the bounds. But that they are used to now. They have been around. And uh, the bigger challenge is to get to know the dimensions of every particular ground. For instance, uh, a lot of the stadia they are going to play in are not only large but they are even high. So, usually in India, they have to factor in a diameter of 60 meters to 65 meters. So, at the most, 110 meters overall. Okay. And height of about 100 meters. Okay. Because that's that's also a factor. The height of the stadium is also a factor when it comes to covering the whole outfield from a fielding perspective and batting perspective. Here in Australia, most of the grounds you will have to cover at least 120 meters of diameter and at least 140 meters of height. That's going to be a huge factor. That's where your fitness when it comes to running between the weekends and fitness when it comes to fielding. Okay, because these two, India has virtually lost the habit of either saving a three run attempt by batters or going for three runs when you are batting. That is going to be the key uh, for this World Cup, I feel. And uh, the other bigger challenge, which ordinary fans don't really realize, is even though, yes, it's only Australia, one country and all. But for every match that they travel to, there is going to be a time adjustment. The clock has to be reset. For instance, when they travel from Melbourne to Perth, it's going to be a five and a half hour long flight. Or the other way around. And the duration they are going to further go back two and a half hours so all these things when it comes to adjusting your body clock and all do make a huge difference that's why i said that they took a pit stop at perth got used to the conditions uh the basic body clock at least halfway through they got there before they moved to brisbane for the warm-up games now the bigger challenge is when you have a travel day and a match to play in a couple of days you get your body clock right and you optimize your performance Right. You spoke, you made that very interesting point about how Indian team members have lost the habit of either going for the third run or saving the third run when they are fielding. I have, a sim- I have a question along similar lines. What about hitting sixes? And sixes are a big part of uh, your strategy now. And in India, in IPL, for example, I think if you're able to hit about 75, 80 meters, it's a six. When there, if you hit 85 meters, it will, you'll still be caught at the boundary, right? The box, because the grounds are much bigger. Will you be able to get away with those kinds of sixes, shots or attempts in Australia, which you could in IPL in India? Why I did not include the success factor is precisely this, Sampat. One is majority of the top batters across the world now. Okay. Once they time it and with the kind of bats they use, it just stays hit. Okay. So, for instance... In India, in IPL, if something is landing in the second tier, it will land in the 10th row in Australia of the bottommost tier. But it will be a clean hit. The problem is when it's a miss hit. In India, miss hits go for sixes. 
in australia you will definitely be caught when it comes to miss hits and when it comes to the fielding perspective you will have to factor in whether you have to stand for a fielder on the boundary line in india it's easy you just touch the boundary line and most of the times the ball comes straight to you here you will have to stand 10 yards ahead and then you have to cover 30 yards to both your sides that is the challenge which they are not really used to india trained really hard as an in melbourne in the 2015 world cup prior to the game for two days they were only doing such fielding drills it worked in their favor whether they have done all that uh, i don't know i haven't been privy to the net session but i am assuming that they have learned their lessons and they would be ready but come match day if you are not doing it if you cannot really execute then you and i can only keep talking about it right so would it be fair to say that the fitness levels which are needed from the indians in australia are going to be much higher than what would have been enough for ipl or for t20 games in india certainly yes certainly yes there is just no two ways about it right and how do you rate uh, india's chances uh, given the other teams uh, that they are competing with you know with given uh, given the form of australia england new zealand can we just go through uh, these various teams quickly yes okay so the first part of your question is despite all my apprehensions against india i have a gut feeling that india will progress to the semi finals and then some of them will come back home some of them will go to new zealand for the next tour okay but i do see india qualifying for the semi finals that's just a gut feeling my gut feeling before 2021 t20 world cup which i had uh, been vocal about on the sports star podcast that i had categorically said i don't see this team progressing to the semis okay so uh, if at all my words have any sense some of the fans will be relieved that india are in a, with a good chance to progress to the semis but the other bit of your question is uh, the likely semi finalists as such uh, it's it's a given this time around unless there is a huge surprise australia and england from the other group and india and my pick is south africa not pakistan okay so essentially india south africa and pakistan are the primary contenders from india's group and england australia and new zealand are the main teams from the other group but despite i have a, as in despite my feeling that south africa will go through south africa and new zealand enter the tournament as dark horses in their particular group but i still have a feel south africa will be the surprise package because they have the best bowling attack and they have a key weapon in tristan stubbs i have a feeling he'll set the tournament ablaze and we'll keep hearing his name in the t20 world for at least a decade more so you're saying that uh, in 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 the in the the group 1 uh, where india and pakistan south africa uh, there together you're saying the india and south africa will progress at the expense of pakistan which is going to go out in the early stages yes that's that's my feeling you don't think south pakistan have the goods to progress Pakistan do have the goods uh, when it comes to the bowling part uh, batting i am not so sure whether they can actually pull through that's where india have an edge because india actually have multiple single handed match winners if one of them actually pulls through one game each they are they are sorted right and which are the matchups you are looking forward to the most of course india pakistan coming up first 
that you can talk a little bit about that and then what are the other matchups that you think will produce the best kind of cricket obviously uh, the other big game is england australia right because these two are the tournament for favorites pre tournament favorites australia have everything going against them in terms of history no team has won the t20 world cup as host no team has defended the title either so in that regard australia has history against it but still it is the favorite when it comes to this tournament england are the second most favorite and in england australia rivalry i don't need to talk too much about it when it comes to cricket fans right everyone knows that so england australia is one match similarly uh, australia new zealand is also a similar rivalry we in uh, asian subcontinent don't really uh, realize that it's it's not as intense as india pakistan but from the cricketers perspective it's as good as for australia facing new zealand it's as good as australia taking on england or india over the last two decades so that is also uh, something worth watching and like i said i would be keenly following south africa because i still have a feeling that they'll come up with more than one surprises during the tournament right and and in terms of you spoke about south african tristan stubbs what are the other new players exciting players you think uh, fans should be looking out for more than the new players okay i would be uh, keenly following mahesh tikshana he is not so new indian fans do know him the other player uh, i would actually be keen to follow is haris rauf the pakistan pacer because the whole world is only talking about when will shahin shah afridi be fit haris rauf is going to be the key for pakistan's success haider ali from pakistan whether he actually gets a regular look in in the playing 11 i don't know but if he plays he is someone who is in that tristan stubbs category and for majority of indian fans who still don't get to watch as much of pakistan cricket as they should that will be a treat to watch from india's perspective it's not new but it's the new avatar of hardik pandya we explained in the sports star uh, cover story just after the ipl about how hardik pandya 2.0 actually came about and a fit hardik can actually be the player of the tournament so in that regard uh, mo- some of these are usual suspects but i would be uh, keen to keep an eye on their progress in the tournament right i think it will be most interesting to see uh, the kind of players who play the match winning role uh, and not least of course hardik pandya is one one of them and one final question before we wind up so do you see any new innovations or any trends uh, maybe you may have seen something which is incipient in some of the smaller tournaments which you think is going to be tried out by any of the teams or coaches here something something new that they should probably try out maybe see i would be in that regard i would be keen to see what england comes up with because england for the last few years have had a robust analytical setup when it comes to shorter formats in fact they have been shortlisting uh, they have been watching grade cricket for under 19 and following their progress and jotting down their strike rates their bowling patterns everything they have been thorough so what those analytics lead to implementation of a new tactic is something that i'll be, i'll be keen to see we have seen a lot of teams in t20 cricket using this weird uh, messaging ploys when it comes to uh, putting up placards from the dugout 
I don't know if any of the teams is actually trying to decipher what those signals are. That is again one of the that will be a talking point like it happened during the Asia Cup. But that's something worth keeping an eye on. Right, I think every fan should keep an eye out for those placards. Those placards are something. Thank you so much, Amol, for joining us and for sharing your thoughts. Pleasure talking to you. Thanks a lot, Sambar. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for. In focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.